2 Corinthians 1 8, and this is a privilege to be with you and to be able to be a part of this meeting. And I uh, hope you'll be blessed tonight. Amen. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 8, and appreciate. You don't get a whole lot of close friends in life, and I feel like Brother Phil and his wife are some of our closest friends. And that's, uh, that's always a comfort when you find a friend. You can be a, be yourself around. And uh, we, uh, we, were, we were discussing all of our wisdom. We put our heads together on, on, uh, on like the couples retreats and those type of things and the five love languages. And we were trying to figure out which love language we have. And he's taught on that. And, and uh, my wife said, now don't tell that, that story. But wait till you get to the pulpit and tell that story about the five love languages. Do they know what that's what that's about, preacher? Have you taught them? Okay. There's five love languages that we uh, sometimes when we we think we're gonna we're gonna love our wife and show our love, and if it's not her love language, it's like speaking in Japanese. She don't understand it, so it's. Uh, Giving gifts, touch is number two, uh, service, serving each other, uh, quality time, and what's the fifth one? Words of affirmation. Of, and I like all of those, actually. But anyway, <laughs> but there was this one couple, they just couldn't get it together, and they came to the counselor, and she said she got up, and she was just shaking I don't ever get a hug. I don't get any attention. I don't. I feel so lonely. And her gift was touch. She needed a hug. And uh, she just was shaking. She just couldn't get her husband to understand. And so the counselor got up from his desk. He walked around, planted a big kiss on her. And she sat down in her chair and melted. And the, the counselor went back to his chair and said to her husband, this is what she needs. Three times a week, she needs this. Do you think you can do this? He said, well, I can bring her on Monday and Wednesday, but I go fishing on Friday. <laughs> Okie dokie, he didn't get it. Second Corinthians <laughs> 1 8. Second Corinthians 1 8. And I'm going to oversimplify this because there's so much in these verses you could get lost in a wilderness of outlines amen so I'm going to oversimplify this for we would not brethren have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia that we were now notice the pressure he's pressed out of measure above strength no scale could measure it no muscle could lift it he's got a he's got a burden that is absolutely absolutely uh, causing his heart to explode in so much that we despaired even of life. He's, now he's depressed. Verse 9, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves but in God which raiseth the dead. We'll stop right there. Father, thank you for your love, your mercy, and for our dear friends in this good church. Father, we pray you'd bless, protect, Meet every need tonight. Speak to every heart. Say the words that we cannot say. And uh, Lord, meet the needs and help the families, the children, and uh, 
Bless us, Lord. Give us revival. Help this to be simple enough for a child to understand, but may it resonate in our hearts, and we be we uh, leave this place rejoicing that we heard from your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Raymond Barber has some sayings I like. He says, when you open the Bible, you've opened the mind of God. And one, one of my favorites is, he said, ego is the hypodermic needle that God allows a man to administer to himself to ease the pain of being a big old fool. That's one of my favorites. But anyway, he made a statement when he was preaching, the church is like a fine automobile with a powerful engine with a flat tire. And here we see Paul had a flat. He had, a pre he had pressure so, so enormous that it exploded his heart. Amen. And I wrote down a few things. What happens when you have a flat tire? Some of y'all could see, give me some experiences, but I'll show, say, say a few things that I've thought of. It'll slow you down. When you have a flat tire, they have a, a tire now that if, you, if it goes flat, you can run it for 50, uh, excuse me, 100 miles at 55 miles an hour. But after that, you're toast. Amen. It's done. You're done. It'll slow you down. Uh, it'll get you off course. A friend of ours had a, a bus. He has a singing group, and his bus, the front tire blew, and he pulled him off the highway and out into a field. No matter what he did, he couldn't pull that bus back in the road. It got him off course. When you run with a flat tire, it'll get you off course. Much damage is done. Brother Ron Garris was, was a missionary starting out trying to get the Rock of Ages established. He had a motorhome and pulling a truck behind it, and he kept hearing on the CB radio, that truck is on fire. And he heard that again on the CB radio, that truck tire is on fire. And he heard it again, and he finally said, wifey, you think we ought to play, pray for those people? <laughs> and somebody drove by and pointed at him like, you're the dummy with the, tire on fire it's his tire was on fire much damage was done much damage we had a, a truck that kept passing us the other day we were going somewhere forget on the road but they had a van on the back of this flatbed trailer and the tire had caught on fire and burned up the back of the of the uh, van and it was it, it was going nowhere much damage when you run with a flat tire uh, it'll stop you from going anywhere. A friend of ours said when he was a teenager, he was on his way to school, and he fell asleep behind the wheel. And his car went off a 30-foot embankment and fell and landed on all, good, thankfully it landed on all four tires, but it exploded all four tires and broke the shocks and the motor mounts. And needless to say, he woke up. And uh, needless to say, he wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't going anywhere. Amen. And uh, that's what we're talking about tonight. When you're out, when you have an explosion, when you have a flat, you've got to get it fixed. Amen. To be filled with the Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit. Paul had such trouble in his life that he couldn't go on. But he found out that God's strength was way better than his strength. And he got filled with the Spirit. And he began to move like a mighty piece of machinery again when you when you have a flat you've got to get it fixed we had a friend 
that uh, he had uh, three heart attacks. He's a pastor, and he had three heart attacks. And he went into major depression. He thought, my life is over. It's over. And uh, he said uh, he was in such depression that his wife said, honey, you can't go on living like this. And she began to research and got him some supplements and uh, don't try this at home. But he, his heart, God began to touch him and he raised him back up and he started preaching a message on how to come out of a cave. And God said, I want you to preach that at this church. And he said, God, that, that message didn't get over the pulpit when I preached it. God kept saying, preach that message. And it started helping people. And people came up to him and started saying, I have a brother or I have a cousin or I am a spelunker. One of the weirdest words you've ever heard. A spelunker, it's somebody that goes into caves and rescues them out of the cave. It's a person that rescues people that are lost in caves. He said one of the men told him one of the greatest uh, pieces of wisdom that a man came up to him and said when we get in uh, in West Virginia when the lights would go out when the power went out down in the coal mines it would be pitch black and you're lost and he said what you'd have to do the best thing you could do is get on your knees and see which way the wind is blowing and follow the wind and that is a that is a picture of following the Holy Spirit that's when you get filled with the Spirit when you yield yourself to the Spirit you're filled and uh God can get you back on your feet after a terrible explosion in your heart. Amen. Trouble. Then uh, in our marriage, sometimes you have a blow up in your marriage, a blow out. You're flat busted. Amen. Uh, Ephesians tells us be not. It's talking about in Ephesians 5. It, it's about to address the home. And it gives this verse first. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. You've got to be filled with the Spirit. Alcohol and drugs will not help your marriage. We heard the, the uh, wasn't a testimony. I don't think he was saved, but I heard this man talking about being in a famous rock band, and the reason he quit is because the alcohol and the drugs made them so violent that one of them was going to throw one of the band members out of the back door of a commercial flight at 35,000 feet in the air. Amen. Uh, he was going to open the back door of a, of a jet plane and try to throw one of the band members out. That's how violent they had become. And uh, because of alcohol and drugs. But uh, what we need is the Spirit of God to fill us. Not alcohol, but the Spirit of God. One of my favorite illustrations was a friend of mine was pastoring, and he said he went to visit this couple, and they were having trouble. They were fighting. They had a blowout. And when he walked into the house, the, the man said, Pastor, if she ain't trying, I ain't trying. And if, and if she don't try, she ain't eating at my table, and she ain't sleeping in my bed. We were in a church the other day, and one lady went, Hmm, when she heard that. <laughs> she ain't eating at my table and she ain't sleeping in my bed and the pastor left and he came back the next day he said Jim I can't help you with your marriage he said what do you mean he said if I if you're not you've got to be willing to do what's right no matter if anybody else does right he said what kind of pastor would I be if I said because y'all are not reading your Bible I'm never going to read my Bible again he said, you'd be a terrible pastor. And uh, he said, well, if she ain't trying, I ain't trying. And pastor said, 
Quit trying and start trusting the Holy Ghost. And at his funeral, at Jim's funeral, that wasn't the next day. <laughs> at his funeral, years later, his wife said, Pastor, from that day forward, that was the most godly man I've ever known. What did he do? He got filled with the Spirit. He began to, to be filled with the Spirit is not like you drink this substance and you get filled. No, it's like obeying the Spirit. Obeying the Holy Spirit. Let him assist you in your marriage. Amen. In our marriages, sometimes we have a blowout. Uh, in persecution, sometimes persecution comes against the church. Acts chapter 4, verse 8. 18, excuse me. Acts chapter 4, verse 18. The, uh, the religious rulers, the Hebrew rulers began to say, we don't want any more of this Jesus talk. We don't want you talking about him anymore around this town. And uh, they persecuted the church, verse uh, Acts 4.18. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. Verse 19, but Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. Then they went back and they told the church, they're telling us we can't preach in the name of Jesus anymore. We can't talk about Jesus and salvation anymore. Here's one of my favorite verses, Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled. They had a prayer meeting together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And what happened? After they were filled, and they spake the word of God with boldness all of a sudden the church was moving like a mighty machine again moving why they got filled with the spirit after they had a blowout they got filled with the spirit up in North Carolina there's a church matter of fact uh, one of my CDs we took the picture there at that church and it was uh, Sandy Creek Baptist Church they had a such a huge church and a revival going there uh, back in the 1700s when the English were still ruling over America, they had an English governor and he began to persecute this church and throw the members in jail and even martyred some of the members. And at this, at this terrible persecution, they began to pray. They had a prayer meeting and they got filled with the Spirit and they went everywhere. They went out and started, uh, spread out all over, down in Tennessee, preacher like that, went down to Tennessee, all over the southeast, and started 600 churches. Out of that persecution, they got filled with the Spirit, started 600 churches, and that's how the southeast became the greatest uh, football players <laughs> and the Bible Belt. That's what I meant to say, the Bible Belt. Amen. It became the Bible Belt after a great persecution after a blowout, they got filled with the Spirit and went everywhere starting churches. Amen? Uh, in our personal holiness, Peter one day said, Lord, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He was living in his own self-righteousness, in his own strength. And Jesus said, watch and pray, Peter. No, Lord, I'll never. I'm the one that walked on water, remember? Watch and pray, Peter. 
and Peter goes that night and they they uh, persecute Peter. They they say, you're one of him. You're one of his disciples. No, he began to curse and swear. And Peter's running on four flats. Amen. He has a blowout. He is a mess. He is denied that he even knows Christ. And he goes out and he weeps bitterly. A couple of chapters later, Jesus pulls him in and restores him and refills him and says, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. And a couple of chapters later, Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost and preaches and 300 souls are saved. 300 souls, uh, excuse me, 3,000 souls are saved. Every time you yawn, I, I lose my train of thought. <laughs> Don't do that. I'll have to preach a lot longer if you do that. He, uh, 3,000 souls were saved. There was a man named Robert Robertson. Some of you may have heard of him. You've sang some of his songs, but he was on a corner about to trying to get a ride home back in the day of carriages and coaches. And here comes a coach. And there's a lady that's dressed for church, so he just waves it on. He, does, he doesn't want to go to church. And he's, he waves the coach on, and the lady insists to the driver, said, stop and pick that man up. And he got in, and the lady said, are you going to church? And he said he wasn't intending on going to church, but he said, uh-huh. And she, they exchanged names, and she said, Robert Robertson, I've been reading poetry by Robert Robertson. Could that be you? And she picked up a book with a ribbon in it, and she uh, opened it to a poem that he had written, and he was reading it, and it came to the, to the verse that says, prone to leave the God I love. And when he read that, tears filled his eyes. And he had been out of church for years, been backslidden for years. And the, the lady looked at him and said, you also wrote, here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. And she said, he'll do that now if you'll ask him. And Robert Robertson began to walk with God again from that day forth. God sealed his broken heart, filled him. And he walked with God again. Amen. In our personal holiness, we have to ask him to seal our heart, creating me a clean heart and renewing me a right spirit. I have to pray that many times a day. In our relationships, heard the testimony of a teenage girl. Her daddy was her pastor. And she said that the church split and it broke her heart so bad. She was bitter at God. She put on a smile, came to church, but she was angry at God. And she realized that she had put God on the level of people and said, God, you're imperfect. This is your fault. And she was putting people on the level of God and saying, people are perfect and God is imperfect. She said, I had it backwards. I had to put God on the, back on his, on, his, on his throne. He's perfect. And people are unperfect, if that's a word. And uh, she got a relationship back with God. She put him first. And she had her joy back. And then her parents divorced. And she said it started all over again. I was angry at God. I had to work through that. Realize people will, uh, people will hurt you. And people will desert you. And people, are, people have their own agenda. They're unfaithful, but God is faithful. And she began to walk with God again. Even after the divorce of her parents, she learned 
to get her relationship right with God. And she had two verses, Psalms 147.3. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. In Proverbs 17.22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. She got her heart right again. There was a cartoon of Charlie Brown reading the newspaper to Peppermint Patty. She was swinging on a swing, flying straight way up in the air. And he's reading the newspaper and says the earth revolves around the sun. And she stopped and said, what? A look of horror on her face and jumped out of her swing. Are you sure? I thought the earth revolved around me. And that's what we get to thinking sometimes. But if our world revolves around the Son of God, we'll never be disappointed. You'll never be disappointed. There was a little girl who was playing in the, in the floor of her dad's office, and he was working at his desk, and there was a page that had slipped out of a, of a magazine that had a picture of the world, uh, a globe on it, and it had torn... So he just ripped it up in several pieces, threw it in the trash can, and didn't, wasn't even looking at his little girl. She was down on the floor taping it together. And he, she handed it to him, here, Dad. And he said, how did you do that? How did you put the world back together? That's, I thought that was impossible. She said, it's easy. On the other side of the page was the face of Jesus. And when I put the face of Jesus together, the world came together. And if you seek his face, if you'll see his face, the Bible says seek his face, amen? It'll put your heart back together. It'll put your world back together when you seek his face. Psalm 42, the psalmist said, the help of his countenance. I will praise him for the help of his countenance. In other words, when I see his face, then he ends the psalm with, he has helped, he is the health of my countenance. My countenance is healed when I see his countenance. We just have to take time and take a day and spend with God and say, this is God's day. I'm going to seek his face. When you see his face, you'll find joy in his presence. Psalm 1611, in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand is pleasures forevermore. Seek his face. Uh, he'll put your heart back together. After a blowout, even in relationships, God can put your heart back together. He can heal the broken heart and fill it with his love and put you back in business. Amen. The other day we were at a, I'll close with this illustration, we were at a, a uh, restaurant in, in our little town of Bowden, Georgia. We are from Georgia. Don't worry. And there was a, bunch of the men from the church were eating at a table and one of them sitting beside me happened to be looking out this plate glass window in front of us and a service truck came around the corner out of the alley turned tried to turn on the main street and when he did he turned too sharp and the curb exploded his tire and it sounded like a stick of dynamite balloon and I thought, what in the world happened? I didn't know what was happening. He said, I just happened to be looking out that window when he did that. His tire exploded. That truck was not going anywhere. But the good news is, directly across the street was the tire shop. 
and he pulled in. They got him patched up and pumped up and back in business. He can put you back in business after a blowout. Has your heart exploded? You need to look tonight and just search. Is there a leak? Is there a leak somewhere in your heart because of something somebody did to you? Here's my heart, Lord. Here's your prayer. Here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. I love this this song, this uh, hymn. Heartaches, broken pieces, ruined lives are why you died on Calvary. Your touch was what I long for. You have given life to me. He'll give you life if you don't know him. He'll give you everlasting life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love, your mercy. Pray you take this simple, simple truth, Father. Help us not to overlook it because of the simplicity, but Lord, take our heart, seal it, search our heart, see if there's a, a, a broken spot in our hearts, Father, and seal our hearts and fill us with your spirit that we might get back in business for you in Jesus' name.